Välkommen till Strings Attached. You are listening to Strings Attached. I am Asaf Maus. In the past summer, like many others beforehand, I was in the Swiss Alps in a magical place called Verbier. I usually go there in the summer, so I never got to ski there, although it's supposed to be one of the best ski resorts. I go there to play in a music festival. My guests today are Blythe T. Engström and Martin Engström. He is the founder of this festival, and she is a musician that with time became an integral part of the festival's managing team. We recorded this conversation late at night, after a few drinks. We had lots of fun talking, but might sound tired once in a while. Before we begin, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening and follow the Facebook page Strings Attached Podcast. So Blythe, she was born in America. She was born in Bloomington, which has a wonderful music school. And uh, her parents came from overseas, one from Japan and one from China, sort of. And uh, she started playing violin. And uh, one day there was a guy from Switzerland coming to audition musicians for the new Verbier Festival Orchestra. And uh, Blythe auditioned, hoping that she would get away from boyfriends and music life in Bloomington and parents and get some new experiences and um, she uh, came to Verbier and uh, that's when it all started in the year of 2000 and now two children later and uh, a wonderful life uh, we are sitting at the Chalet d'Adrian here in Paris and speaking to Asaf. Oh, not in Paris, in Verbier. Uh, it's quite late, so... <laughs> okay. Okay, Blythe, over to you. Should I correct that introduction or should I just introduce Martin? Do your thing. Okay, this is Martin Turolfsson Engström. He is from Stockholm, Sweden. He's a few years uh, older than I am. He is um, a musical nerd, and he is the founder and director of the Verbier Festival here in Switzerland. He was really uh, sort of born for this destiny in a way. So he started um, when he was a boy, uh, sort of for pocket money, going to pick up artists and, and to organized concerts with his friends and uh, his mother worked for the radio she had a, a late night classical music program his father was a sculptor and um, they had their holidays in Schloss Elmo with musicians coming over late night dinners after concerts so he was always surrounded in, in this milieu of musicians and artists and it was a humble um, family life but very rich in culture and um, he made friendships with wonderful artists as a as a teenager which he kept um, 
And so all of the great artists who he has relationships and who come to the festival, he's known for years and years and really has developed relationships with them for decades. And he is uh, a great papa. He's a wonderful husband. And I think what everything I said was correct. <laughs> <laughs> so we are sitting now here in Verbier on the Swiss Alps. And I've been in this festival since almost the first year. I've been coming here. And I've known you, Martin, since almost day one of this festival. And I met Blythe when, when she, almost when she, she joined this, uh, this festival. Many things changed since the beginning. The world of music has changed. You know, when I was here in the festival in the late 90s, we didn't have iPhones. There was no YouTube or Spotify. It was, I would say, innocent, naive way of making music. What, in your opinion, changed? And do you like this change? Is it positive, in your opinion? I mean, I don't know what it changed. I mean, we all changed. We all grow. Uh, to be the artistic director of the Verbi Festival, it's very difficult to renew yourself or to come up with new um, impulses. We basically have the same artists from year to year. You have the same composers. Uh, you have the same setup, you have the same orchestra. We, uh, so what do you do to... It's like being a chef in a kitchen, you know? You have the same ingredients and how do you put it all together so it tastes differently from, from year to year? And I think that's my biggest challenge. I'm not so concerned about um, the public, Uh, I think my main task is to challenge the orchestra to um, get the very best young orchestra musicians to apply to come to Verbier and also conductors. So uh, I'm lucky in a way that I don't feel the burden of having to sell tickets. I hope, I hope my uh, president of the board is not listening to this uh, <laughs> blog. But foremost, first and foremost for me is to challenge the orchestra to come to Verbier, individual musicians that is, and to dig into repertoire which they will um, learn from all these fantastic coaches and conductors we have. So it's, um, I think that's my, my goal from year to year to, yeah, to try to start from the beginning with a repertoire. Firstly, with a repertoire, yeah. Blythe, you came to the festival as a musician. And with the time, also you developed your relationship with Martin. You came, became a part of, of the team, of the managing team or, or the idealistic uh, brain behind everything that is happening here. Mm. It's a family business. <laughs> Do you miss playing? I still play. I play a lot. I'm exhausted. <laughs> Six hours today, Beethoven 9 and Don Giovanni. Um, I think I like the balance, actually. I like to, 
to learn about this other side. Um, as a musician, we work hard, but we're also kind of passive in a way. We put the, play the notes which are in front of us and we do our best in this way, but we don't always think about all the work that goes into, into getting people to come to the concerts and, and the thought that goes behind the programming and who's playing, who we're playing with, and all of this organization. It is, it's interesting to have this other viewpoint. Sorry, but, but do you think that us as musicians, we lack this education of knowing what's happening behind, this, behind the scenes, to, to how to get a budget, how to bring yes. those artists? Yeah, I mean, take? at least for me and at least my generation, I, I didn't know that. I don't know, I think nowadays maybe at school they're, they're learning this as well um, because I think they need it in order to have a career. They have to know how to do it themselves. Um, but I love the playing, for sure I love the playing as well. Chamber music, chamber orchestra. Um, I like the balance. So I must ask this, what's it like to work together? I mean... Obviously, you are the director of the festival, but, you know, there's a concept of management inc. The, the family, the Engstrom family is working together either in the office or at home. So what's it like to work together? Is there a downside to that or it's always upside? Well, since two, three years, everything changed because you work more from home now. And um, that has its advantages and disadvantages. It's there are no for me personally the the disadvantages is that there is no border. You know, you have to go out with the dog, or you have to um, help with things, or the children ask you for things, or it's it's like you know when you're in the office, you don't deal with things which are happening at home. Which is on the one side very nice because you can concentrate on the on the work, but on the other side, when you're at home it's it's a better balance and um, I try to include Blythe as much as I can in the in the programming and ask her questions um, I have to catch her in a in the right moment. Uh, <laughs> When she's not doing other things, it's not always so easy. I'm somebody who likes to work fast, so I have uh, something in my head that I like to develop, and uh, I like to have some feedback to it. It doesn't always fit into her schedule, so uh, I wish we had a little bit more quality time to ping pong. Martin says that you have this ability to contribute with your memory to bring you know some ideas that were maybe neglected or forgotten in the past what do you think um, is the thing that you appreciate about your contribution to the team to this idea of you know creating a festival it's a huge task it's I think there's so many facets and And ways of seeing things that it's impossible to remember and to look at it from all the different sides it's really difficult to constantly be turning it and looking at it so for one person to do that it's of course you miss 
one viewpoint, a couple of viewpoints. And I think just because I'm different, because I'm a musician, because I play the viola, um, because I am another generation, um, because I have a different taste sometimes, I think it's a good discussion. And um, also, I mean, you say you don't have to worry about ticket sales, but I think, of course, you do, and I don't. So it's, um, I can talk freely about who I believe in and who I believe less in or this kind of thing. Martin, you, you were saying that you're good in programming and in your career, you were lucky or fortunate to work with great, fantastic artists. And I wonder if you by now realized, you know, the answer to what makes a difference between a good musician and a great artist. I mean, there are lots of good musicians out there. And nowadays, I think there are more than ever because there are no borders between North and South or East and West. And, and you have YouTube and you can really uh, listen to somebody sitting in, the, in Kazakhstan or in Siberia and uh, you can, they can upload their music. And so the world has gotten smaller and uh, there are so many wonderful musicians out there. Artists, of course, are... It's very subjective because you have artists who speak to you or speak to me or speak to Blythe. Uh, it's not always the same language that catches our attention. So... Um, I think it's it's pretty um, subjective. I'm very fortunate in the way that I trust my intuition and I um, I know what I like. I don't know if I could explain what I like, but I know what speaks to me. And uh, I always think, think that if I like it, I'd like to present it to my public. And I think it's also important for for the public to know who has made the decision to engage this and this artist. Is there any point that you feel or you think this was a failure, I chose wrong? Or does, uh, does somebody like you doesn't allow himself to, to say, yeah, yeah, okay, sure, I made a mistake? Sure, sure. I mean, of course it happens. And you know, that's a wonderful thing with music is that you you sit and listen to an artist, uh, but the, the way you appreciate it also depends on your inner peace, on how you, it's, it's, you, you meet halfway, sort of. If you, you could have the greatest artist in front of you, but if you feel miserable and you're uh, uh, unhappy and exhausted and... Uh, whatever happened at home, you cannot take it in. So, but if you are in the right set of mind and, uh, and hear something special, I mean, it's, that, that's the wonderful, that's why we go to concerts all the time, because, uh, and even listening to, to the same artist all the time, because sometimes we are perhaps more sensitive ourselves and can take it in in a different way and um, so 
it's it's really um so i got away from the, your question about if i made a mistake I, i'm sure but i don't remember any offhand there's nothing really i mean music is a live art so there is you know any artist can um, cannot produce at any time and i've seen you know big artists who who sort of like oh i i wasn't informed tonight or i screwed it up or so but let me ask you the opposite question is there someone that you feel that by you giving this person a chance to perform here in the festival it's paved their way to start a wonderful career yes you know what makes very difficult uh, different from other festivals is that it's a festival it's 17 days there are so many great artists here and they go and listen to each other and uh, when uh, an argerish place on the stage you have a kiss in or bronfman or pletnyov or uh, a whole you know number of pianists sitting and listening to that and uh, for some of the artists it makes them just sparkle and motivate them and they go further and uh, they really want to show that they are the best and other pianists they completely freak out when they know that all these colleagues are sitting in in the hall so uh, i think that's something i discovered later in the festival this um, feeling of not competition but just i i know that these pianists they will listen to details so i'll give them some details but now is a question for both of you i'm curious to see if there's a difference of opinion between you i've been in this festival for so many years and so have you and what's the unique dna of this festival besides you know the great artists sitting and listening to each other that makes it so unique that is impossible to replicate or is it possible to replicate well on my side it's it's uh, all the friendships real deep friendships and long friendships um, that i made when i first started as a student here which because of the the way we have uh, our friends back year after year it's not just a, you know a nice summer friendship it's really lifelong friendships and that adds a lot to the chamber orchestra which i think adds a lot to the dna i think also um i think that uh martin and his team's attitude and their um their vibe which is of let's do this let's have fun this is you know okay another cancellation okay another cancellation okay let's just do it let's do it let's just make the best and let's have fun and i think um there's not this harsh everyone's doing their best everyone's doing better than their best actually and everyone's supporting each other and but there isn't this harsh critical um pressure on everybody so i think it makes everybody bloom and i think that comes actually a lot from the direction on down 
do you feel lucky that you found this beautiful gem of, of nature and to put a festival in it? Yeah, the the nature, of course, has something to do with it. And also the fact, again, that Raibi is a dead end, that people who come here basically wants to be here. Nobody happens to pass through here. We are too far from from the main track. But I also like to, uh, talking about attitude, thinking that Raibi Festival is more a workshop for me. Nothing is really set in stone because by the fact that we have a youth orchestra or three youth orchestras performing or th yeah if i say the chamber orchestra is perhaps not a youth orchestra but it's a non-permanent orchestra um and also all the soloists coming here chamber music is is a big part on the of the menu um it's all about risk-taking. It's all about going a little bit further. So I don't like touring programs. I don't like to... Um, I don't like that an artist is doing the program he's doing here in Salzburg or in Gestad or in Luzern uh, at the same time. So I really try to create individual programs for all of the artists who are here. So I would compare it to a workshop where the public is invited to see what has been put together. And, uh, and sometimes it's fantastic. Sometimes it works perhaps a little bit less, but it's so alive and that part is um, special. talking about this being an educator practically you know there is an academy two orchestras that are basically people studying how to work to play in an orchestra do you see any change in the people coming to the orchestra in their level of playing in the curiosity the way they treat the idea of playing in an orchestra i mean i was raised to become a soloist you know and i never became a soloist i work in an orchestra Do you see other people nowadays realizing that orchestra might be their career and that's why they're coming here? I don't think that an orchestra member today sees himself as a failed soloist. I think there are, um, there are more and more musicians who actually want to be playing in an orchestra. Now, after almost 30 years, the reputation of the Verbier Festival is so developed that um, we have so many students who want either to be in the solo academy or be in one of the orchestras. It's very difficult to get in here. It's almost like winning on a lottery to, to get a seat here in one of the educational programs. And today, for instance, I, I was greeting uh, the almost 70, 75 uh, different 
academy soloists, so there's eight pianists, eight violinists, eight viola, eight cellists, singers, there's quite a lot of them, teachers. And uh, the sort of tension in the air when, they were, when I was talking, I could almost cut the air, seeing how, how they were excited to be here and excited to start working and get to concerts, uh, listen to their peers. Usually what I tol tell them is that there are many ways to approach their stay here. They can come here and they will get a, a schedule which they can follow and they can go home probably enriched or they can just dive into everything that the Verbier Festival has to offer. They can go to master classes perhaps in another, listening to another instrument. If you're a cellist, go and listen to singers, for instance, or string quartets, or you can uh, listen to rehearsals of the greatest artists of today. You can meet them, you can knock on their shoulders. And uh, I told them, especially those academy students, that their success here, it's up to them. It's like a cave of Alibaba here. It's, it's up to them to take what is good for them and to, um, because they will ne probably never be in a place like this. And also when you, uh, in the orchestra, uh, you know, we have big orchestra, they come about three weeks before the first concert and they are trained by some of the greatest coaches today from different orchestra, mainly from the Met Orchestra in New York. And uh, the conductors they have here are, I wouldn't say the greatest conductors they will ever work with, but well, you're lucky, uh, Asaf, because you have Israel Philharmonic, so you have some of the most fantastic orchestras there, but there are other students who will land in Frankfurt or in Stuttgart or in Mannheim or in Atlanta and where some of these conductors will never go to. So some of them, this will be their coronation of their career at an early age. You know, use the time here. Don't practice. Don't uh, just be out there. Don't sleep. Just soak it all in and um, once you are through with the festival on the end of July, beginning of August, then you can collapse and then you can, uh, you know, perhaps you should write down what you have lived and um, so you don't forget anything. But it's a very, very intense uh, period. But what you take with you is up to you individually. It's interesting that you're saying that because for many years I would go home after the festival and I would have a notebook and I would write... I've heard from this guy or this person this sentence, which I need to remember. This is inspiring for me even 20 years from now. You said before there's a generation difference between you and Martin. I'm not talking about the age difference, but I'm talking about the generations that he, Martin, got to experience musicians that maybe you dreamt before to meet or play with or to get to know. And actually, through your relationship, you get to hang out 
mm-hmm. with some of the m- best artists out there. Does it scare you? Do you get embarrassed or do you <laughs> actually enjoy it? Mm, depending on how much I've drunk. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, some, some people I still have definite fan uh, feelings for and I sort of am completely just sigh. I can't talk. Um, but uh, so many of them come to our home for, for a meal and, and some of them are friends and, and they're human and it's very funny to see our children who, who might know their names but treat everybody the same, you know, try to have a good time with everybody and, and sort of no respect, respect for everyone in the same way and, and uh, it's very... Um, undressed in a way I don't want that to sound creepy it's just uh, very familial with us and um, <laughs> I'm curious to know if once you meet these people do you feel free enough or open enough to ask them questions not necessarily musical even mm. you know life experience questions that maybe if you were not in this relationship mm. you wouldn't allow yourself you know to approach yeah. this and that person yeah I Yeah, with certain, yeah, absolutely. With some of them, um, I'm very free and open with and, and have a nice relationship with them and have had good musical experiences with some of them and, and learned a lot and had a lot of opportunities which I never would have had um, had I not um, gotten close to them through our relationship. And making chamber music with, with some of them is... really a gift and and just being friends with Gabor for example as we all are in the chamber so this is really one of the biggest inspirations for me for years and it never I never tire of it Martin you were in close proximity with some of the known artists you you work with Carl Böhm and other famous conductors and I'm curious if In this journey of yours in your path on your path do you remember that you got once maybe an advice that helped you or changed the way you see things to to become better I spent a lot of time with Lenny Bernstein and I must say I'm very jealous yeah and uh, learned in a way that You know it pays off to be yourself. You don't have to pretend to be somebody else. And uh, he was overflowing with himself uh, constantly on stage, uh, behind stage and but such a generous man. and um, if you had questions, just spit them out and he would answer them in his his own way. But um, there was nothing which you couldn't really talk about. I was speaking about intuition before. When you are, I was also head of Deutsche Grammophon for many years and I had to sign new artists. And that was probably the most difficult school because I knew who I wanted. But in order to sign them to Deutsche Grammophon, I had to... explain to other people why I wanted to sign them and um, 
these were people who had been at Deutsche Grammophon since decades and seen it all. And here suddenly comes a little young guy from Sweden or from Switzerland and he's telling us, you know, but that was my position. I was artistic director. I had my budget. I had uh, the backing to sign. I signed, for instance, Lang Lang. I signed Anna Netrebko, uh, just to mention those two. And um, But it was really... Um, it was really a good school to have to explain to all these music professionals what I saw in Lang Lang or what I saw in Anna Trepko and why this was the right moment to, to sign them. So I think learning to be myself and learning to trust my um, intuition was perhaps the two most important aspects I learned through through music. You have two daughters. Uh, they grew up in this festival. Do you wish for them to become part of this family, of the Verbia Festival, to be active? Of course I do. I mean, I think it's uh, it's such a beautiful and uh, brotherly uh, atmosphere here in uh, in um, Verbier where music is the common denominator we all go to concerts we listen to each other we work towards one goal and um, in this world of polarization and of Uh, so many uh, problems everywhere. It's it's a beautiful platform. Having said that, it's nothing which I, as their father, can impose on them. I can try to open their eyes. I can try to um, stimulate them. I can steer them to what they should listen to what I believe they should listen to or in a not too serious way <laughs> because I would like for it for them to enjoy being here also not to see it as work um, I would like for them to meet their own friends here to make their own friends and to make their own discoveries But it's all here. It's uh, very, as I said, it's a dead end. It's it's safe. It's. Um, I hope they will, you know, catch the bug. If it's not this year, perhaps next year. The festival is celebrating next year 30 years. Is there a dream to go on for more years? And if so, what's the dream? What's the vision? How can one even, you know, renew? add new things or it's just we keep doing this amazing thing that people love and we just keep doing it as long as we can well I think the Varibia Festival is the destination for a whole generation of musicians so it's something which they are um, looking up to look, uh, hoping to be part of I would hate to see it stop because it really is 
I have to tell you a little anecdote. It's happened a couple of years ago. It was, um, yeah, I invited a pianist who I had heard at a Tchaikovsky competition um, and who I liked a lot. He came to perform here and I went to his recital and and uh, I told him I don't have very much time to talk to him after the concert, but we'll see each other at the dinner. And so I saw him at the dinner and we had a little bit of time together and I told him what I enjoyed with the, in his playing and he said, Mr. Angstrom, I would like for you to, to know that this morning, put the alarm clock at 5.30, at 6 o'clock I was in the church and for three hours I was just sitting and telling myself how lucky I was that I was in Verbier because I grew up with the Verbier festival through Medici, looking at the streaming, and I always told myself, will I be able to one day play at the Verbier festival? And I made it. And so this day, he said he couldn't explain enough how much it meant for him to actually have been there himself and done this concert. It was very beautiful and I thought, wow, it really means a lot for a lot of people. So I don't think we're redoing the same festival from year to year. Uh, we have new musicians, we have new academy students, etc. So I I feel I'm managing dreams, providing dreams for for a whole generation of musicians. I hope that will go on. So my very last question, I ask this many people. At the end of the day, do you still like music? Darling, do you want to answer? I haven't worked in it like you have for as long as you have. I love it. Even when I'm feeling wretched and tired and exhausted and like I suck and I don't think I should continue. But then we start playing something or I listen to something and it's just... There's nothing like it. There's emotions which you feel, which you cannot describe. There's... As you get older, the more experiences you have, the same piece of music touches you in a completely deeper way. It's, there's nothing like it. I feel that the older I get, the more disciplined I have to be when I listen to music and how I listen to music. Uh, I listen to it less and less as background. And um, I try to really listen to it when I uh, I'm talking about classical music and um, I always enjoyed going to rehearsals I always enjoyed uh, listening to the process how how it all comes together and uh, I, I, I greatly enjoy that here I mean you you played was it yesterday morning or the day before <laughs> the bit of a ninth symphony, the first rehearsal, and uh, there was just some passages there which was so deeply moving, even from the first rehearsal, that uh, it 
brought tears to my eyes because it was so, so naked. I I feel fortunate that I am still able to, you know, feel like this after a whole life in music. But I have to take care of it. I uh, I don't want to abuse it. Thank you, Blythe and Martin, for this very open and honest conversation. If you have any comments or questions about what you just heard, you can do so on the Strings Attached Facebook page or find me on Instagram. All the details are in the show notes. The music in this episode is played by the Verbier Festival Chamber Orchestra, conducted by Gabor Takac. I'm Asaf Maoz, and thank you for listening to Strings Attached. <laughs>